Jared Olchen, and today we're going to learn the Aftorah of Parshat Korach. To really appreciate the Aftorah, we need to give a synopsis of the Parsha of the week, at least the main part of the Parsha of the week, the beginning of the Parsha, the story of Korach. Korach came and complained, not only complained, he accused Moses for being a leader. Officially he said, the whole nation are holy people. Why you are better than us? God revealed himself to everybody. Why only you? Why you think you're better? What he really wanted, to become a leader. Moses called the name on this and told him, you are anyway better than everybody. What are you telling me everybody is equal? You're a Levite. A Levite is better, is, 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 a, is an higher level than an Israelite. Then you argue why Aaron is a coin, why I'm the king. You're also better than everybody. But that was the argument. And Moses tried to make peace. And it didn't work, right? They didn't want to badge in. They didn't want to give in. Then what happened in the end? Well, we know that Moses swallowed. made it. <laughs> swallowed up by the earth and covered over. Moses turned to God and said, if I am, if I made it up on my heart, then these people should die a regular death. But if I'm speaking in the name of God, then the hood should open their mouth and should swallow them up, right? Whoa. And the 250 people who offered incense were burned, it was Freyrach. Why was Moses so strong about it? they were questioning not only his authority, but God's authority. Oh. All the other times before that, they, were, they complained. We want water, we want meat. Why took us out from Egypt? But they never said, who are you, Moses? This time they came and said, Moses, you're making up stories. The moment they questioned Moses' credibility, then everything is gone. Then there's no Ten Commandment. Then why should I believe him about, to Moses about putting on film? Understand the problem? That's the problem. <coughs> if, I don't, if I think that Moses made up one, he appointed Aaron on his own, then maybe he also told us to eat matzah on his own. Let's say the Ten Commandment all the way from God. Fine. But matzah, they didn't even forget. Film, they didn't even forget. To put up a mezuzah, they didn't even forget. The moment you're questioning Moses' credibility or you're challenging Moses' authority as a, a representative of God on earth, it's over. That's why there was no place for doubt. Leisure. It was a hint of their hair. Black or white. Like by Hucho. So, so Moses is a prophet. Yeah. And what, what he says is coming from, from, from Hashem. Absolutely. So, wh why didn't the other prophets have similar abilities to convince the people to do things? First of all, many of them had. They did miracles. There is two generation, two eras of prophets. Elisha, Elijah, they made huge, huge miracles. Maybe later, Jeremiah and this were less miracles. But the, the original, the, the first. First bunch of prophets, they were making big miracles.
sequence. So, so the farther you got removed from in time sequence. But you need to understand. Look, Moses split the sea, right? Yeah. Didn't help him. It's not about making miracles. It's about people wanting to believe in God. You can make a thousand miracles. People don't want to believe. They don't believe. Would you call it a rebellion? Is that really a rebellion? That was a rebellion against God. No question. Korach was clearly rebellion against God. <laughs> That's why it was swallowed up, off, out. There, it cannot be a one shred. That's why Moses didn't pray for forgiveness. Usually, anytime there was somebody sinful, God wanted to punish. Moses said, please, please, please don't do it. Right. Here, Moses suggested the punishment. Not because Moses was personally insulted. Because there was no, no way in the middle. In the middle, Moses says them, God, don't listen, don't accept their prayers, their, their sacrifices. Because I didn't take anything from these people. Not one donkey, not one anything I didn't take from these people. And Rashi says, why Korach, Talmud says like this, Korach who was a smart man, why did such a foolish thing? Jealousy. Why jealousy? And he thought he was more deserving. Why? Uh, to the lineage, I think. What was the lineage? His brother. He was a uh, Levite, wasn't he? No, it's just the he lineage. saw the future. What did he saw? He saw that from him will come out, he had a feeling or a prophecy that from him will come out who? Child. Very, very famous man. Yeah. Very famous man. Prophet. Samuel. Samuel. Guess what the after is about Samuel? Deja vu. It's coming back and Samuel was accused similar to what Korah accused Moses. What goes around comes around? Exactly that what happened. Then. And that's what you're going to learn. Samuel was accused. Samuel was a prophet. Samuel was the last prophet. The Jews came to Samuel. What they told them? We want what? King. What okay. a king. What is this basically? Sir? You're the rabbi. You're the doctor. I say, you have any young good doctor? <laughs> rabbi, we love you. But you have some young guy there? What does this mean? It means that they are tired of Samuel. God told Samuel, don't worry. That's not they were against you. They were against me. They are tired of God. That whatever happened with Korach to Moses, a similar thing, the other people accused Samuel was a descendant of Korach. Obviously, it was not perfectly the same story, but it was a similar story. By Korach, they said, why we need leadership? Everybody's holy. By Samuel, they said, we need a leader. <laughs> what does this tell you? Jews, whatever you give them, they don't like it. <laughs> when they have a leader, we don't want a leader. They don't have a leader, we need a leader. Whatever you give them is not good. But it's not only Jews. People are never happy with the system. It's democracy. They say that's too much democracy. It's theocracy. Oh, we need democracy. You're always trying to change the, the political system. In Israel, they changed already that. It was for a while we had a, 
you can, like here in America, you vote for the president separately. You vote for the president, not just for the party. In Israel, you vote for the party. You vote for Likud. The head of the Likud becomes the leader. But you don't vote for Netanyahu. For a while it was, they made it to vote for the, for the, for the leader itself. And what happened, there was such a mess. Because the leader got a lot of votes, but his party got no vote. That the leader was dependent on many other small parties. They turned it back around because it was such a disaster. They turned it back around. What they mean to say is every time you try to say, oh, we'll do a better way, be smarter than God, smarter than the system. It doesn't work. But that really would happen with Samuel. That they came to Samuel, told him what a leader, fine. Samuel went, God, he told God, God told them, he found Saul, he appointed Saul as a leader once, then he appointed Saul a leader twice, but the third time he was signed a leader. Three times. Three inaugurations for Saul. Now we'll read a little bit from inside. What, what page? Page 1453, I'm sorry. Now Samuel was an unbelievable prophet. He was a man who went from city to city and brought people back to God. See, until this point, leadership was by judges. It was a spiritual power, not a power of, of a, not, not a kingdom power, not by law. People came to Deborah. She didn't have an army. They came to hear what she says. People came to Samuel. Samuel didn't have power by, by force. It was, it was by his authority, by what he represented. Now think about it. Who we remember more, the kings or the prophets? Not because the prophets have their own books. Why they have books? Because they said something. Because they wrote their recordings. Because they said something meaningful. The king died, everybody's in Baruch Hashem. They are prophecies from God also on top of it. What I mean to say is there are a spiritual authority is forever. See, in something in the parish of, of we learned last few, few, this weekend, you know, Korach, yeah? God said, Moses says, throw him out, kill him. Yeah. Moses didn't pray for him. Eldad and Medad, there were two guys who prophesied that Moses is dying and Joshua will lead the Jews to the land of Israel. Moses says, oh, I wish everybody would be prophets. Because they were not coming with the power of, Korach wanted authority. They said, they wanted, they said prophecy. It's a whole different Samuel was the last one, and the leaders were leading by spirituality. Saul was the first king. It's a whole different ballgame. That's I'm the boss. No messing around. What is better? Spiritual authority or kingdom? Both, because you look at that Mashiach. <laughs> He wants everything. natural. Well, we have countries today that run some ways, some run one way, some run the other way. And they're all, they're all, all the, the Gulf countries are run, run by, by, some of them are run by kings, but within them there are spiritual authorities that are 
higher than some of the kings. Yeah, but the spiritual authority is own is this by guy. iron yeah. form force. Having, having, having just come fist. from Russia, the Tsar, who was king, people didn't do so well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but there's no spiritual. But they did. They did wars by communism. That's true. That's true. But that's not spiritual, obviously. Obviously, but, but on Iran, Nandez and Nandez is not spiritual. Let's talk about a real spiritual life. There is a Rebbe, Moshiach, everybody listens to him, or a king. Or in the time of Samuel, was it Samuel or Saul? What was better, Samuel or Saul? Okay, let's read a little bit. Maybe we'll get a better. Well, well if, 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 if it's not Samuel and it evolved to being Saul, there must be some message in that. <laughs> right? If it went from prophets to kings, there must be some message that God is telling us about that. You're right. And I don't know what it is. But, but I think the message is more what you said, which is whatever the situation is, people want, you know, people want to go in another else. direction. When will people be more religious? By a king, let's say a religious king. By a king or by a prophet? Or by a spiritual leader? More religious. Well, you see, before well, Saul, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, the, uh, the spiritual authority, when people feel like it and when people are in a good mood and it doesn't go against their interest and they're not tired to come, you know, to study, <laughs> you know, then, you know, they'll... It's all good, but the, if a king is going to say you have to do this or or else, so you know, off with their heads. Theocracy. That's what you're asking. Theocracy is what? Theocracy is a, is, oh, a, God a, is, is yeah, a leadership yeah. based on religion. God. Spiritual. But what not by force, pure by spirituality. But it has to be. Well, if you look at huh? Japan in World War II, you know they had a uh, an emperor, but the emperor was a. They believe was the represent the, was a representative of their god. Yeah, but they didn't rule only by god power; they ruled by police. You could say the same thing about the Arab world. Yes, yes, yes that's what I was saying earlier. There are theocracies I, in the Arab world. That's yeah, like Iran. Yes. There are uh, two lies. And they're one. stronger than the king. But it has to be a benign the theocracy. Well, these aren't. They're that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll learn a little bit inside. We'll see. Maybe we can come up with some. Yeah. So the other thing is, if you're right. If there was a king, then they might say, well, we're done with this king, we want a prophet, or, you know, spiritual authority. And then if, once they got the spiritual authority, they'd say, we don't want this, we want to go back to a king. But it doesn't. It evolves only to kings. But there was no... There's, oh, but, but there's no two way But there's, no, there's been no reversion to it. But that's exactly. what I'm saying. And I'm saying, what's the, actually, there must be a message. Actually, actually, after the destruction of the temple, we lost after our the Jews, mm -hmm. we lost our king, and we really went back to a yeah. spiritual authority. 2,500 okay. years. Obviously, kingdom didn't work. Until uh, the Hashmanayim, yes. where... Who, Even in the, second, the whole second temple, there was more that's spiritual. That's true, the Hashmanayim would have been an example they were of... Kings. of yeah. Yeah, but, but they still, started as... as yes. Uh, and, yes. And, 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 and because they were king, they, they, they messed up big time. Yeah. Yeah. And later, later became the rabbis. <laughs> initially, it was good. Yeah, that's for two hours. It's good. <laughs> I mean to say, until you, until, you, until you exercise your power, until you lose it, you forget who gave you power, it's good. So power corrupts. <laughs> you bet. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's the message here with the Korah. With the everything. is that power corrupts. Yes, yes, yes. No, there's no problem. That's, that's, what, the, that's what, what Korah also tried to abuse. Try to accuse Moses. It was a projection. Uh, sure, it was a yes. projection. He, Moses, when Korah tells them, why are you your leader? Moses answered him, 
that I took a donkey from any one of them. <laughs> Koch can tell him that I ever asked you if you took a donkey, they never accused you on this. I never said it. Why Moses said it? Because behind the world was, it was laying behind the world. You know, when you, people complain, oh, what do you really want? Oh, you're probably becoming rich on our account and this. Moses says, I didn't take anything from these guys. Mm-hmm. Nothing. How many leaders can say that they think people? Not what? Just one who's running for president. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Actually, he didn't take anything from people. And it's not true, he lied. <laughs> he did. Okay, we will not talk about it. <laughs> he did. Okay. Um, Samuel said, Shmuel said to the people, let's go to Gilgal and renew the monarchy there. All the people went to Gilgal. Gilgal was the place, it was the temple at that time. Go ahead. All the people went to Gilgal. They all willingly confirmed Shaul as king there before God in Gilgal, and they slaughtered peace offerings there before God. Shaul and all the people rejoiced greatly. Okay, Shaul and all the people rejoiced greatly. The first time they accepted them willingly because he went to war and he protected the Jews from the Amorites, or I don't remember from whom. And when he proved himself, then the Jews finally accepted him as a king. What do you see? Saul and the people were happy. One guy was not happy. Why, is, why, does, it say, why does it say renew the monarchy? Too? So that means there are kings before? No, because I knew the monarchy because they gave, they gave him, they gave, they made him a king once. Oh, right. Maybe that's it. Maybe because in time of Moses was monarchy. Maybe that's yeah. what I know. Okay. Right. Okay. Now comes a real reprimanding speech. Shmuel said to all Israel, "Look, I have listened to your request about everything which you said to me, and I have appointed a king to reign over you." Now, I listened to your request. <laughs> Not God request, you request to have a king. But I have a question for you. Didn't you learn the Deuteronomy that you should appoint a king? Supposed to be a king, yeah. Yeah. 17. Oh, good. At least somebody remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. 12, 43. What is it? 12, 43. 12, 43. Appointment of a king. Yeah. Read it. When you come to the land of God, your God is giving you, and you take possession of it and settle in it, you will eventually say, I will set a king over myself like all the nations around me. That means God is already predicting what happened then. You will say, why do we want a king? Like all the nations around me. By the way, that's where the problem is. If you say a king is here, the king's job was really... To, the king was God representative on earth. Once in seven years used to be the Akel. Akel was a time after the sabbatical. The king used to stand on the stage in Jerusalem, read from the, from, from the book of Deuteronomy. It was a reenaction of, the, of, of Mount Sinai. That if you say, I want a king to represent God, to bring me closer to God, no. But God already says you want a king like... Because in Italy they have, because in England they have a king. That's why we want a king. That's the power. And what God is saying, number 15, continue. You should always set a king over you, one whom God, your God, chooses. The king that you appoint. That's a, it's a mitzvah. Then it's a mitzvah. Or they should come from God, kind of. My money decides that Jews should have a king. But maybe it has to be a king who can be a spiritual leader too. 
not just a king. You gotta pick the right guy at the right and time. And the Jews came to ask for a king. They wanted somebody with big muscles. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying to Samuel, Samuel, you be the king. Well, he couldn't be. He was, uh, well, he, was he from uh, He was a Levi. He was a Levi. No, he was a Levi. And Moses was considered a king. Yes and no. A king, he was considered Melech Verab. A king and a rabbi. It's to say that to make the spiritual leader into a powerful leader, not to look for somebody, some crazy was, to make, make him into a king. So, so, so this isn't a prediction of God. This, this, is, a this is a declaration. That's a, that's a prediction and declaration that God says, you will say you want a king like any other nation. God says, I know how you're going to go down. He says, you will eventually <laughs> say. Yeah, he knows. He's not like predicting. He knows. Well, it's just a question of time. Well, yeah. he knows. Exactly. He knows because, because Hashem can foresee the future. Well, not only this, also because he knows what he doesn't control. He doesn't make you decide it. He knows in a way that, like, you, like, I can, like a fortune teller, can, I can tell you what will be the future. He knows human nature, too. Uh, yes. We're not going to the whole thing, but yes. <laughs> he designed it's, 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 pre- it's predeterminism. Yes. <laughs> to a point. We'll not, we'll, we'll not go into it because it's too complicated and we can never resolve it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's predetermined in one way, but there is free choice in the other way. Mm-hmm. These two things are contradiction by essence, and we believe in both of them. God just fast forwards the uh, DVD, sees what's going to happen. Back. No, the problem no, is... He knows the end of God already. doesn't exist the time. No, no, no. If God fast-forward... There's not, no fast-forward. If you say God fast-forward, it's like a fortune teller. He knows the future. But if you believe that God predetermined, means God decides what will be the future, that means he makes it. If he makes it, it's not free choice. If it's free... That's yeah. correct. If he's no, Steven it's Spielberg, than... it's not free choice. If he just flips to the end of the movie, like we do... And there yeah, is free choice. choice. Exactly. It's a conundrum that they can't. Exactly. Sometimes exactly. But we say it's like making the movie, and the other end we believe in free choice. But it's more. But Dennis Prager says that it's like you're driving down a freeway, and you see there's on the other way there are a bunch of there's a traffic jam. You keep driving, and you see that cars are driving freely on the other side ultimately. But you know that those cars are going to have to stop. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> you don't know that for sure. Yeah, no, that's very good. And this is like a fortune teller concept. But when you make the movie, you not only know the, the, the end, you make the end. And God makes the end. That's right. the problem. Right. And if God makes the end, you understand the problem? Mm-hmm. So, 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 so maybe you have free choice of the, how you the get Then let's clear for, uh, <laughs> before we're spending another 10 hours about it. <laughs> then if we believe in free choice, if we believe that God, if everything is predetermined, these two concepts are a pure contradiction, and that's what belief c- kicks in. Hmm. Yes. How could it be? How could God create the world? You know how? No. That's one more. <laughs> God does what the movie makers do. They create five different endings, and then you yeah. pick. <laughs> yeah. I think he's created the ending. You pick the path to get there. I, I'm sorry we got into the whole thing. That's the like, steps of man. Yeah. That's my favorite. <laughs> but it's true. God directs the steps of man. This is true, too. <laughs> Chapter 12. Well, let's continue. <laughs> we'll never get out of it. <laughs> Chapter 12. Chapter 12. I mean, back to the Aftora. 1453, 12-1. Mr. Martel, yeah. Uh, 12, one. Shmuel said to all Israel, Look, 
and I have listened to your request about everything which you have said to me, and I have appointed the king, a king to reign over you. Now look, the new king is walking before you. I have become old and aged. My sons are supporting the king uh, here with you. I have walked before you from my youth and until this day. My son are with you means they're on your side. That's the sad part. Samuel's kids were not like Samuel. And that's what he says, my son are with you. Wherever you are, that's what they are. And he says from, from my youth, Samuel came as a kid to the temple, to Eli. Eli's sons went south and Samuel's sons went south. But look what he comes here and says in 1454. All that statement, who can say such a thing? Here I am. Testify against me before God and before his anointed king. Have I taken anybody's ox? Have I taken anybody's donkey? Have I robbed anybody? Have I oppressed anybody? Did I take a payment from, anybody, from anyone's hand that caused me to hide my eyes about his wrongdoing and not punish him properly? Tell me. Well, I can respond to you. The same words that Moses said <clears throat> in the Pasha of this week. Moses said very similar words. But Moses said it to God, and he said it to the people. What takes more courage? saying it to God. <laughs> Page 971. I'm sorry that I drive you back and forth with the book. It's good. 971, okay. number 15. They say if you know the complete order of this that yeah, you're not like supposed it. to. <laughs> it would be too illuminary. <laughs> number 15. Moshe was extremely upset. He said to God, don't turn to their gift offering. I have not taken a donkey from a single one of them. I have not wronged a single one of them. That's what Moses says. Moses says I, to God, I have not wronged one of them. Mm -hmm. He stood in front of the people. Doesn't anybody in the room stand up? Anybody thinks I took from them something? Did I wrong them? For a leader to be able to see. Samuel and Moses are in the Torah compared. Yeah. Samuel is, is like Moses and Aaron put together. That's what the Talmud says. <laughs> the book of Psalms says, King David says in the book of Psalms, Moshe um, Aaron He compares Moses and Aaron and Samuel. Both of them call to God and God answers them. Samuel is compared to Moses and Aaron. Because besides Moses, besides Samuel, nobody said a line like Moses. Took anybody from anything? They took a thing from you guys. Okay. Look what they answered them. They said. They said, you did not rob us or oppress us, nor did you take anything from anyone's hand. He said to them, God is your witness, and his anointed king is witness this day, that you have not found anything inappropriate in my hand. Okay, he told them, aha, God is a witness. I didn't, I didn't take anything from you. First of all, to put the whole nation on the spot. <laughs> I, I feel bad for the guys. You know, they were feeling uh, not comfortable in the room. You know, I said, you took anything from you guys? Basically, why you, why, why you wanted a king? I, I wronged you. Why you needed a king for? Okay, number, number six. Right? Yeah. 
Shmuel said to the people, God made miracles through Moshe and Aaron. Now, no, like, if you take off the parentheses, is God made Moshe and Aaron. What means this line? They didn't appoint it themselves. God made them who they are. Go ahead, continue. And brought your fathers up from the land of Egypt. Now stand and I will debate with you before God concerning all the righteous acts which he did to you and to your forefathers. He started the old monologue to remind the Jews what God did for the Jewish people. Go ahead. When Yaakov came to Egypt and your fathers cried out to God and God sent Moses, Moshe, and Aaron without a king, they brought your fathers out of Egypt and they settled them in this place. And was not king and it was good. <laughs> Continue. But they forgot God, their God, and he delivered them into the hand of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazor, into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab, who waged war with them without a king. That, uh, without a king. Then what is happening is, the, until Samuel, it was always, the Jews are in trouble, they pray to God, God saved them. Things are good, they started to worship idols, things got better again, they pray to God, God saved them again. The, then somebody's on. Hello? Then the second, the, the, and that was, it was a pattern constantly. And that's what he says, it was without a God. Continue. They cried out to God and said, we have sinned, for we have abandoned God and have served the deities of the Baal and the Ashtaros. Now save us from the hand of our enemies, and we will serve you. And God sent Yeruvavel, Badan, Yiftach, and Shmuel, and he saved you without a king from the hand of your surrounding enemies, and you lived in safety. But he says, he mentions four names, obviously we're in different times. Every time, it was up and down, up and down. Whenever you needed, God saved you somebody. And what do you need a king for? That's what he's asking. Go ahead. When you saw that Nahash, the king of the Ammonite nation, came upon you, you said to me, we don't want to, uh, the judge to lead us to war as in the days of our fathers but we want the king that rules over us to lead us to war. But and what does this mean? What's going on here? We want a king. We want a king to fight our battles. To fight our battles. Mm -hmm. And what's the problem with that? Go ahead. Finish the one line. But you were foolish because no god, before you uh, well, yeah go ahead, go ahead before you foolish yeah 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 because because god your god is your king and he is the one who saved you at war not the judge or human king and what's going on god is your king or god that is samuel says god is your king what do you need a king for god is a man of war right? god is a king to take care of everything and instead, we should accept every day the kingdom of God 
You want a physical king. Maybe they're saying they want a king that will raise an army, but they don't want to be part of it. No, they wanted to be. No, they know. They, oh, they were willing to fight still. Just the opposite. In another place, Samuel tells them, "You want a king? You know what a king is going to do? He's going to take your best boys to the army, your best girls to his wives. He will take away your concubines. He will do. He will take away your land. You, a king? He tells them, a king. There is no chokmas. A king will do whatever he wants. And they know very well what they're going into. And then they get it for many years. Oh, just the opposite. By a king, there is no such thing as we don't want to be a part of the army. A king is the boss. Whatever a king says, you move the wrong face, you make a face in front of a king by Jewish law, you deserve that. That's exactly when Samuel in the beginning warned him about the king. He says, no, I'm a prophet, I'm a loving father. You say this, you say this, you're being forgiven. Be a king, there will be no, 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 no messing around. Just the opposite, it was much stricter with the king. But he said, God is your king. What do you need a king for? You can have a straight relationship with God. You need a physical king with chariots and armies and, and a big crown of his head. So why do we need a Mashiach then if, if all we need is God? He told them God is the king, was a prophet. Samuel was still there. Mm -hmm. But the relationship was straight with, was the kingdom belonged to God. Mm -hmm. Moshiach can be, in essence, just a prophet, in essence, a messenger. Moshiach is such a king that represents God. Such a king is not bad. You know what I'm saying? He's a pure a king who is only a vehicle to God, who is only a microphone to God, like Moses, is not a problem. The problem is when the king is a, is a separate identity of God. And that's the problem. You know, what's the idol worship? Idol worshiping is something that separates you from God. But somebody connects you more to God is not idol worshiping. If a person, a tzaddik, a holy man, inspires you to be closer to God, then and it's just the opposite. It's good. So if, if they know all that, why are they saying, you know... Um, we, we, but we want the king that rules over us to lead us to war, you know, not the judge. So, why, I mean, if they know that, why? I, I'm confused. Oh, then what do you mean why they know that? The Jews wanted, uh, they wanted to be like the going. That's the problem. Yeah. When we wear the same jeans like everybody, and we go to the same thing like everybody, that's the problem. The Jews didn't care for spirituality. They wanted to be like any other nation. Kechol going Beit Israel, like all the nations, the house of Israel. But we're designed to be spiritual. Ah. What do you think? What I mean? In many parts, when let's say when Israel has a um, a team that plays uh, the sports teams, is it needed for the Jewish state to have a sports team? And if not, the yeshivas will not work. <laughs> the kotel will not be a good place. Having a sports team says, we want to be like everybody. Finally, a nation like any other nation. No more a nation living, uh, uh, living alone, being separated. That's what Ben-Gurion said, right? Oh. So sometimes and you give what you wish for. Yeah, yeah. be careful what you wish they for. Were, that's what they wanted. The whole thing movement was, to become like everybody else. That's the problem. And Yitzhak Rabin came to the Rebbe in 1970. 
he was at that time, he came to say to wish the Rebbe blessings for his 17th birthday. Then we started a conversation with him. Rebbe told him, do you feel lonely in, in Washington? Then Rebbe got into all discussion that the Jewish people will be forever lonely. Not only because of anti-Semitism, but also because we are unique, we are different. We used to say, not because everybody hates us, therefore we are lonely. The moment the stop haters will be a part of the nations, because they are different. This is the point the Rebbe wanted to give him over. In one of his speeches, when he did the Oslo Agreement, he said, no more being a lonely nation. Helped them a lot, right? Was a huge success. What I mean to say is this is exactly the problem here. The problem is not the king. The problem is a king like all the other nations. Okay, but number 13. Page 14. But now you have the king whom you have chosen, whom you have requested, and God has now consented for him to be appointed as a king over you. If you will fear God and serve him and listen to his voice and do not rebel against God's commandments, both you and the king who reigns over you, then you will follow behind God your God when he leads you at war. But then it'll be good. If you listen to God, fine. You have a king, Hashem agreed, fine. The king is not necessarily a bad thing. If the king will do what Hashem wants and be a representative of God, that will be beautiful. But... If you will not listen to God's voice and you rebel against God's commandments, God's hand will be against you and against your kings who are like your fathers. Yeah, then will be bad news. Now he said to them... Now if you are wondering why God agreed to appoint a king over you, being that it was an inappropriate request, stand and see this great thing which God will do before your eyes. Wow, he told them, stand and see the greeting that God will do. Where we see the world, stand and see. Side Close. Stand and see what Hashem will do for you. Deuteronomy, when Moses gives the... See of reeds? See of reeds. The same word, what was the story there? They were afraid that the Egyptians are coming, and they started to complain to Moses. Mm -hmm. Moses said, stand up and see. You'll see the, here he tells them, stand up and see. But there it was a miracle to save the Jews. Here it was not such good news. But here is exactly what happened in the story of Korach. Just like Moses said, if I, Moses turned to God and says, make a miracle to prove the time right. Mm -hmm. Samuel did the same thing. What he did, number 11, uh, 17. Um, right, we are number 17. Is, is it not? Missed what's in the parenthesis. I'm sorry, go uh, ahead. Finish it with you. Which will prove that God grants people's requests even if they are inappropriate. That's, hmm. by the way, not so bad. Well, spies is another example of that. God gives you, the Talmud says like this, if you are stubborn to go the wrong way, that will not that stops you once, twice, three times. You want? Go! Then you have to be careful what you wish for. 
because God, God might fulfill it. Even in the appropriate request, God will help you. The spice is a perfect example. They wanted to stay in the desert, says the shrine, sit. <laughs> Go ahead, enjoy. They said, oh, no, no, we didn't mean. Oh, yeah, too late, boy. Yeah. Should I change like, your mind every five minutes? Sounds like Brexit. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. Now, there, I talked today to my brother-in-law in, in London, Ben Zizudak, he told me the mood here is so bad, it's unbelievable. People regretting this, and by law, they cannot take it, they have another referendum. It's very complicated. You're absolutely right. I'm not so sure it's a good thing or a bad thing, we're not going to it, but the idea that they regret it, yeah. Like what? Good point. Go ahead, where are we? Uh, 17. 17. Go ahead. Is it, is it not the wheat harvest today when rain is destructive? I will nevertheless call to God and he will send thunder and rain. Then you will know and see that what you did to ask for yourselves a king was likewise very bad in the eyes of God, even though he granted your request. You know what it means to have a rain? <laughs> it means to destroy a ear walk. It one good rain, all, all goes in drought. And Samuel says, I'll make a miracle in the middle of the summer, it's going to rain. It was around. See, Chitim is around Shavuot time, something like this. Samuel called to God. And God sent thunder and rain on that day, and all the people feared God and Shmuel greatly. That was the old thing to experience. They should see a miracle. They should, be, they should have the fear of God. Samuel says you wanted a king because you wanted somebody else. You didn't want God you didn't want. All the people, All said, the to people Samuel, said to Samuel, pray for your servants to God, your God, <coughs> and let us not die, for we have added evil to all our sins by asking for a king for ourselves. Now they really, oh, no, 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 God, you God, God, you God, yeah, that's no more. What it means to say, they regret it. They saw this miracle from Hashem, they regret it. But there is a king already. That here, really, Samuel takes him on a roller coaster. Then what do you want from them now? Kind of. He told them, not because you got what you want means that you were right. And now God gives, basically Samuel tells them, I, you have another a second chance. It was wrong to ask for a king. What I'm telling you, if you listen to the king and you listen to God, then it will be good with the king. Okay, number 20. Do not fear, Shmuel said to the people. You have already done all this evil, but do not turn away from following God. Serve God with all your heart and your sin will be forgiven. Do not Despite all of this, if you'll do what Hashem says, God will forgive you. Do not turn away from God, for then you would be following after empty things which cannot help you, help or save you, since they are empty. For God will not abandon his people for the sake of his great name, since it would be a desecration of his name if he abandoned you, because everyone knows that God desired to make you a people for himself. 
God will not abandon the people. That's a beautiful end to the Torah. God will never abandon the Jewish people. Then it's better to have a king or a prophet or a judge. Well, here it says God won't abandon, will never abandon, because it's going to be a, a desecration of his name. Kind of mm-hmm. like the other nations, like when you take us out of the desert. And yeah, the same logic us. that Moses was using by the spies and by well, the did golden chest. What I said? What do you mean? <laughs> you said a kingdom of earth. <laughs> oh. No, why you, should, you can change. You're still allowed know. to change. Depends on the king, right? Hezekiah did very right. well there for a That's while. Right. But, but we had we had bad kings, but we didn't have bad prophets. No, because even when you have bad prophets, a bad bad prophet is oxymoron. Because if he's bad, he's not a prophet. God will not speak to him. You understand? Yeah, it's not possible. It's not possible. Exactly. It could be a false prophet, but not a bad prophet. I think it's interesting that uh, if the prophet is in charge of community funds, that everyone's looking at what car the prophet's driving, where the money came from. But the king, it's very peaceful. The king can take what they want. He's the boss. And it's, it's a very it's peaceful expected. situation. Expected. It's an expectation. Oh. I saw like yesterday, some people say, they say you know, when there, is a, when there is a prophet, when the judges, the time of the judges, when it was bad, people turned to God, right? On one end, it's amazing. They turn to God. They need. When there is a king, you rely on the king. You don't pray to God every minute. But what's the other side? People pray to God or to idols. When you're looking for something to hold on to, you go to the Baal, to Ashtarot, to the Zeus, <coughs> to the Shmuz. You're looking for anything to hold on to. It's easy. Then the problem with not having a stability is on one end, you turn to God. On the other end, you might, you might, might, go, might drift in the wrong ways. Really, that's an old argument between the Hasidic movement. Now, I mentioned it a few times, the movie Yushpizin, right? The only movie I saw. <laughs> the movie Yushpizin is, anybody who saw it, if the guy is praying to God straight, go, God, don't be... Beautiful, okay? It's a straight connection with God. Well, with these people is, there is no authority. There's a relationship with God. He's doing whatever he wants, basically. Today's God, tomorrow is all done to something. Where there is, there is the commitment, the Seder, the Jewish law, to, I mean, it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm running out to the, to the field and I'm skimming to God. Praying to God is good, but it should be controlled. It shouldn't be something that's free for all, and then people can go in the wrong way. And what's better, a king or, or a judge? A prophet, a judge. Prophet, so? judge. You know, remember the story in the in the, in the book of uh, in Deuteronomy. God speaks about the land of Israel does not have water, right? It's raining. Yeah. Rain. Why? To, because it doesn't have its own natural. Uh, Why God did it this way? So we pray for rain. We depend dependent on God. Dependent on God. It's to say God created the Jewish people in a way, and really it's true until today, that they never have stability. They're always like, oh! The rest of the world, in Ohio there is water forever. People feel good. 
No, there is a Talmudic statement, anybody who lives outside of Israel is like idol worshiper. Very strict, very sharp statement. And when you think about it, the, the majority of the Jews throughout history lived outside of Israel, then that's, what's going on here? What really is, is saying, what means like an idol worshiper? God forbid you worshiping idols. In Israel, you constantly feel that you're dependent on God. Even today, with the, with the security situation, every day is a miracle. And people feel it. In the diaspora, life is good. You plan next year, next month, retirement, everything is good. Then you less feel physically the need for God. That you are dependent on God. What was the desert for years? Manna for the day. Nothing for tomorrow. Not leave anything in your package. Well, maybe something tomorrow to in the middle of the night if I'm hungry. No. And what if tomorrow there is no manna? Too bad. That would drove the Jews crazy in the desert. They impact the way that they couldn't be relying on, the, on themselves on something. No 401k. No. No garnished. <laughs> no plans. No securities. Today you're living under dependent on God. That even if they made a king. Ultimately, with the kings were plenty of Zoroaster. And the Jews were always dependent on God. Didn't help them. Then on one end, when you're only dependent on God, it's true, you can go to the wrong ways. But I think it's still better than forgetting about God. Than feeling secure. Feeling secure says, oh, life is <laughs> we have a billion dollars in the bank, life is good, we can retire, everything is good. Sure. Yeah, God, sure, we pray, yeah, yeah, but we are not desperate. Then ultimately, it's better the king, the, even that the Torah says to make a king, but a, that's the question. A king who is, a, who is representative of God is beautiful. But a king who will be his own, then we don't need such kings. King David. King right. David was a representative of God. It was King David and Solomon and a good yeah. Shabbos. And that, that was the end of it. Yeah. Hezekiah was for five minutes. Yeah, it was good too. Josiah, yeah. How many righteous kings were there? Four. You know, three. Four. How many kings were wrong? Yeah. Don't forget the northern tribes too. 48, 48 something. There are a lot. Yeah. Something like 48 prophets and a similar number of kings. A lot of kings. Only it was the borderlands. So is that part of the struggle in Israel today between the secular Jews and the, let's say, the religious Jews? Uh, because the secular Jews uh, want to feel independent and, and therefore don't have that same need as the very religious Jews who are every day praying for the manna to show up again? Every day, because every day is a struggle? you feel independent in Israel, you're, you're a miracle. You matter how religious, how religious or secular you are, to go into Tel Aviv and not to be blown up is a miracle. Well, that's true. But then what I mean to say, the reality is like this. It's not about what you believe and what you think. Ben Gurion said that in Israel, being realistic means believing in miracles. <laughs>